0: welcome to the instinctive influencers podcast a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success now here are your hosts brian weber and ed haley hi i'm brian and this is not ed this is well he's much older than ed uh Actually, I've invited my father-in-law on because I wanted to kind of pick his brain a little bit. I don't know if that's safe, but we'll see where we go with this. Uh, As
1: long as I have some left over, it'll be okay.
0: Yeah, well, that's debatable. We'll see. No, Um, so no, Ed is uh, not with us this week, but it's okay. He and I will start recording again next week. but really, what we're going to get into is we're going to talk a little bit about spiritual fitness, right? So we talked, we've talked about physical fitness before, and we've talked about different uh, avenues of approach uh, to basically helping people become better leaders. Well, there are other areas in our life that we want to learn to improve upon, and we want to become better at. So why not then have my own personal preacher uh, come on and talk to me, everyone, a little bit? But before we can do that, we have different things we have to do, right? So some of those are. Uh, we have to do what's called instinctive response, and you have to answer ten questions uh, unprovoked, and just kind of go over what you think uh, would be the answer you would give to Depends these. On what
1: the questions are, how provoked I will get. <laughs>
0: well, we'll see. All right. So, question number one, right off the bat. Okay. What's something you've won, and how did you win it? Oh
1: goodness, I don't know if I've ever won anything in my life. Other, I mean, from a prize standpoint, because I know I don't play prizes, because I. I don't do um those things very often usually even when i go to some places selling raffle tickets i just give them the money and say here it is take it uh i some a better chance but what have i won well i just win in life i mean i've got a blessed life that's maybe not that's not what you want i know <laughs>
0: no it's your answer but uh, but my yeah. answer is
1: I, I i'm i'm winning at life i mean i've got uh three great kids and you got three great in-laws well, most of them. <laughs> most of them. Yeah, and um, uh, I got six grandkids and two great grandkids, and yeah. I got eleven wife And you know, eleven just, wives. No, loving.
0: Oh, okay. So, I want to make sure?
1: Yeah, no, I'm not. I, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't joined the other faiths yet. But, uh, yeah, right. but I just. I, that's. I mean, yeah. That's that's the only thing I said. That might be answer
0: your question, but that's. no, it's fine. <laughs> um, here's question number two. What's something you intended to do today but didn't, and why not?
1: Uh, Well, today, well, with y'all down over everything else, the only thing I intended to do today was spend time with y'all and the grandkids. I've done that. One thing in a larger sense, I need to clean my garage out. (laughs) So you can (laughs) barely see it, those of you
0: listening. So that was my introduction to the family years ago, Uh, right before when I first met Michelle. I was dating her and I was coming down here and then all of a sudden I found out this guy was going to build a garage and I got conned into, you know, trying to earn my way in and I had to help build this, but that's the garage. And when he said cleaned out, it's not something he's going to do in one day, not in one month, maybe one year. That's what I'm thinking.
1: Well, I'm thinking about maybe um, using that as punishment for my my kids and their families. is that when I passed away or anything else, they'll have to clean that up. And that way they remembered me the whole time, usually in a derogatory sense, but still. <laughs> hey, so my next question
0: plays perfectly <laughs> off. This. As soon as I saw this question, I was like, this is the person I have to ask this question to. Uh-oh. Who's the biggest pack rat you know? Debbie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> your wife.
1: Yeah. No, she is not. That's horrible, man. But she is through a, 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 a secondary issue. Because you know I'm, she's not the pack rat, but I am. So she's a pack yeah. rat. By no, there um, it comes out, ladies
0: yeah. and gentlemen, the biggest
1: pack rack I know right here. It just has a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff. I'm the type of guy. I loan a tool out or something, and I'll need another one, or I've lost it. And what I do instead of um, go getting it back, I just buy another one. Oh, so I got like 20, 20 sets of ratchets and wrenches yeah, out there, yeah. uh, and I got plenty of tools. Uh, yeah, I got he has a tools. lot of
0: tools and I've borrowed a lot of those tools and I'm, I'm probably the reason why he has to go buy another no. one. Cause <laughs> I'd be the one who borrowed
1: <laughs> <laughs> my best advice. though about that, I thought well, that's one of the questions not was Brian was doing something one time and I told him, you gonna need some more uh, clamps. You never have enough clamps. And he, and he got two. And I think I ended up giving him six of them. And uh, he came back later and doing he said, you know something, Dudley? He said, I could have used a couple more clamps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I got clamps.
0: <laughs> oh, you've got plenty because that was a Christmas gift for years with a gift yeah, card. Yeah, that was a us. joke. Everybody yeah. got me your clamps. Yeah. All right, so what's something valuable that you accidentally dropped and broke? Describe oh. the situation.
1: Oh, I accidentally dropped and broke. Uh, with them finding out or not finding out. Oh, wow. it's you. The, okay. The the one that comes, I have dropped things all my life and broke things. But I remember the one thing when I was growing up, my mm-hmm. grandmother had, um, decorative pillows on her couch and they had little buttons in them. And we was all the time, you know, pitching back and forth. And she said one time, don't quit throwing those things. You're going to bust them. And she went to the other part of the room and Paul and I, which was uh, her foster child at the time. We threw them and I threw them at Paul. And, um, when I did, it popped open. And i tried my best to make it look like it, it never happened. And she the came the busted open the, the button or thing that was inside of it. helped all together. Oh, And so that's, that's the only thing I know that I busted that, uh, <laughs> I was warned ahead of time and done. Anyway, now, there again, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but that's one thing. I always stand back no. in my mind. No, it's funny. Did you never tell anyone? Oh, she came in and she saw it. And as soon as she came in, she said, y'all been throwing my pillows at me. I said, how can you tell? And, you know, at that time she was probably in her seventies. And said so she yeah. knew.
0: Is she the one lived behind your, your mother? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I met her a couple
1: times. Yeah. 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 Y'all was living in Ohio then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite kind of candy? Oh, I love, I love um, semi-sweet chocolates.
0: Yes, uh, you do. Yes, he uh, does.
1: Because, and that's for a reason. When I was growing up, um, everybody usually got to the candy before I did. And everything, only thing that was ever left or only thing wasn't a fight over was semi sweet uh, chocolates. And so I just got where I got those and learned to eat those. And, mm-hmm. and because I knew nobody else would fight for them. And so I, I knew if I was going to eat chocolates, I better get those or i would be without. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, because I was kind of the smallest one around. <laughs> semi-sweet chocolate. I mean, I kind of like semi-sweets. I like darker chocolates too. I like too. A yeah. dark chocolate, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I kind of put those in the same, dark chocolate and semi-sweets in the same category.
0: So this question, it's actually kind of like multiple questions in okay. one question. So it okay. doesn't count as more than one. Have you ever been an audience member for any television show? Which ones? For which ones would you like to be an audience member? So have you been one?
1: And if you haven't, what would you like to have been an audience member in? Um. Uh, Mm. One time I was, was an audience member, not a participant, but an audience member. Uh I had a, a girl that worked for me, her husband worked for the um with for the ramen. Mm. And the ryman moved over to the opera oh, yeah, land. Yeah. The opera yeah. land. <clears throat> and he was a cameraman there. And and so at church, we some of the girls and some of the people there said we'd like to go see a filming of the Ralph Emery show. Okay. And so I asked, I asked her if she if she could do that. And she said, oh, yeah, I can get you passes. And so we loaded up a van from church and went up there. It was about, about three or four adults and, um, five or six kids. Mm-hmm. And Randy Travis happened to be there that night. And he was saying that that song just came out as, uh, I don't know what the name of it is, but when old, old men sit and talk about the weather and when yeah. old women sit and talk about old yeah. men, that whatever that yeah. song. Um, that's a good and, song. Yeah. I don't know what the name of it, but that was on everything else. And, uh, Pat, one of the girls there, that was her favorite, uh, entertainer That's and good. she loved it. And she just almost swooned there because of Randy Travis there and he sang his number one song. <laughs> and so, uh, until she passed away, she still kidding me about that one. That would have been in the nineties. I think it probably was.
0: Yeah. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember maybe, maybe late eighties mm-hmm. might've been lady. I don't know. Now I'm gonna look it up later. So yeah. we'll find out. And then I'll leave it
1: in the bottom here. And, uh, and the one, as far as being a participant on. Yeah. Was, um, there was a commercial one time. There was a Ford dealership, or of, geez, a puny, excuse me, Buick dealership here in town, and uh, they were doing a commercial for they. They was doing a big. Um, mm-hmm. um, had a like a fair, one of those you know what businesses mm-hmm. used to do. Had a merry-go-round, little small Ferris wheel, and then a bunch of clown stuff around. Mm-hmm. Well, they picked up all the smaller kids, and you took them in the back, and it's what? Well, anyway. And, um, they put us all inside of a car, like a, just a vehicle, uh, yeah. just a vehicle yeah. that was, that was a commercial is okay. a, a Buick dealership. And so that was coming in and we were stacked up like cordwood. They took the back seats out and they took the passenger seat out <laughs> and they, the trunk was all open and they piled us in there and they was doing the commercial. And then they took us out one at a time and said, basically see how many kids you can get in or how much storage room is inside the car. <laughs> and so there I was, everything else just pulled out like, where have I been? Oh within, my goodness! Within, but, but I was probably nine or well, see, four dad died, so I was probably about about nine or so. Oh wow! So
0: it's funny. Um, if there was ever a show I wanted to be on, and I think this would have been on, you know, when you were younger too, it was Bozo. It's a Chicago show. Yeah, I I wonder Bozo. Yeah, and I used to all the time. Like they had this one game. And it had the buckets and you had to stand behind the line. And for each ping pong bowl that you got in a bucket, you got a bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. prize. And I and you got to keep all the prizes. And I thought, I I, I and I'm pretty sure everybody who's ever watched mm-hmm. that show probably said the same thing as I could get all the way to the last bucket.
1: Oh yeah, I, could, I remember that yeah. show too.
0: And I, you know, that was like the one thing I always wanted to do. And I don't even
1: I don't even think that's a thing.
0: I don't think Bozo's on anymore. I mean, that was a long time ago though. Uh I think Bozo is in the geriatric ward now or some. Oh, he's probably passed. Or by pasta, now. Yeah, goodness, that was years ago. Um, what was one vacation that lasted too long? Mm. Would, the,
1: would this be the van one? Maybe that. Probably, yeah. I was thinking about that. Anyway. Is there two of them? One of my my trip to uh, Fort Jackson. Uh, basic. That was a vacation too. way too long. No, that, that wasn't a vacation. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. Probably one year we went to Florida. And we had a, a Dodge Custom Van, 350 Dodge Van, had captains chairs in it the whole bit. It was a nice, nice van. And we got drowned near Lakeland, and the oil pressure went to zero. Mm. And I pulled off the road to a gas station called AAA. Anyway, they carried, They allowed us to go to the a, a, a airport at Lakeland. Actually, and we mm-hmm. got in the rental car, went the rest of the way. But it, the vacation was great. But getting there and. Mm-hmm. they say half the fund's getting there. In that case, the other half was getting back. <laughs> uh, cause we had, we, cause when, come find out it was, um, uh, we drive about an hour or so then have to set and park for about 15 or 20 minutes. Then we drive it again and come find out I was using an oil that was paraffin based. Mm-hmm. And whenever it got hot, the whole bottom, uh, the oil was in a big sludge. And when come up and, and um, close off the oil, oil pump or the, really? uh, the the, uh, uh filler or the take, uh, intake and um and it was zero oil pressure and then when i let it cool it dropped back down the bottom of the pan and i drive by another hour before it got warm enough to pump it and in the oil pick uh, the oil pickup and for it it clog it up again so we came back from um just south of lakeland florida all the way to dixon and one hour sprints
0: <laughs> one hour, but that was that a that was a Disney trip, right?
1: that was a Disney trip, yeah, yes.
0: yeah, so and we've been to we've been to Disney that's my only time going to Disney About i two thousand and nineteen yeah, I call that misery world, I mean Disney world
1: mm-hmm. yeah no well, it's definitely changed
0: in the last <laughs> oh, few yeah. years, something else um what what sound
1: drives you crazy? don't say the sound of my voice no, no no, <laughs> no. um if they ever outlaw if they ever allow the shooting of radios in vehicles; those loud you know, when a car comes up and the bass is so loud in the car, you can hear it five cars away. Uh-oh. That's it's, for some reason that's just irritating to me. Always has been in my entire yeah. life. Um, but I just that's the irritating sound is just that bass notes just rattling. The rattling, the car. yeah,
0: yeah. No, I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you describe yourself as an extrovert or an introvert? Definitely an extrovert. For sure. Like, I don't think we've ever been to a
1: restaurant and you
0: not talk to everybody you mm-hmm. walked by. Like, yeah. I, I don't, and you don't know half of them.
1: Well, well <laughs> some of and you know, uh, preaching over a number of years, you recognize people's faces, but don't right. know them. But they right. recognize you. So I'm afraid that if I don't speak to somebody, they may take that as an insult. And yeah, in summary, so I've tried to do that to try to alleviate any kind of problems.
0: Yeah, I think that's just... To me, that's like just social culture though, too, right? Like yeah. y- if you're at work and you're walking by multiple desks, you know, hey, good morning, Jim. Mm-hmm. Hey, good morning, Bob. Right. Like you walk by one desk, don't see somebody's name. Oh, we
1: must be mad at me. Well, today. I think that's a sign of courtesy as well. It is. It yeah, is. you're you're spending your time at least to acknowledge that they are they are there.
0: Absolutely. We got one last question. Okay. Uh this is an easy one. Um uh-huh. are you more of a dog person or a cat person? And why?
1: Hmm. <laughs> It's not so easy. Maybe it's not so easy because we had a, you know, Buster, we had him for like 17 years. It was a short-haired collie and we loved him. And so, you know, and we, especially when he got older, we run our schedule around Mm -hmm. what we do for Buster. But um, the last few pets we have have all been cats. Yes, that's true. And so I reckon I'll be a cat person, you know, because, well, Jed died whenever he was building the. uh, No, he passed away when we were in Ohio. Well y'all were down here at the time, I thought. But anyway, no. maybe not. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, the um um anyway, he got bit by a snake. Yeah. A snake bit. But um but s- cats are easier to put up with. You just make sure you got food out there and everything else, they're good for a week. And they not <laughs> you know, they say cats can understand five over five thousand commands and ignore every one of them. And I believe that's for sure. Our cat definitely did that.
0: <laughs> that is a fact. Because I know Jimmy understands every command that involves, do you want to go outside or mm-hmm. do you want food? And that's right. it. If, it says, if I say that, he'll, that's what it is. Uh, all right, so that was instinctive response. Instinctive response is a chance for people to get to know uh, Dudley. But I never even said his name before we got started. He actually said his name before I did. This is okay. Dudley Daniel. This is my wife's father, who I've uh, met um Oh, we were dating probably two, three weeks before I actually met you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would met her, and 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 many of you know this. You know, uh, I met her in Nashville at a Hank Williams Jr. concert, but we met uh, maybe a few weeks later. But I don't want to. Let's not talk about when we met. Let's let's back this all the way up. Let's talk
1: about like like your beginnings, your upbringings, your things like that. So, right off the bat, where were you born? Yeah, I was born here in Dixon in a hospital that's now been tore down. It's, uh, Dixon General Hospital, mm-hmm. and January sixty one, and actually that was a blizzard that year. That was a, the blizzard of sixty one. It's in, even in the history books. Mm. But my dad and granddad, um, my dad wanted me to be born in the south. He wanted me to be a Yankee because he's from the north. No, he's from the he's from the south too. He was born in Burns. He was too. from the north. No, he, we lived up there. Oh, oh my grandfather. My oh, grandfather okay. was from Pennsylvania. Okay. And, uh, anyway, they worked at the soda plant in Detroit. And so, uh, they were up there when I was born. Your dad, what, my dad work? and my dad, my granddad, both. Uh-huh. and just happened. We lived with my grandmother while I was, while I was being born. Okay. And so, um, so when they were the, all the men were up north and the, the snowstorm and stuff hit the mm-hmm. blizzard and they couldn't come down. So, um, I know my grandma used to kid me or everything else. They said, I brought in a snowstorm when I came.
0: And so, <laughs> Anyway. no.
1: But uh, I, then we moved up there. Then I remember I was in the elementary school. My dad said we're moving back down south. He said the north wouldn't have. This was I lived in Detroit in a place called Royal Oak, and he said then that um, Detroit wasn't a fit place to raise a family, and that was back in this back then, back in the fifties. Really, and said it wasn't fit. Supposed to move back down here.
0: Okay, and then you obviously moved here. Tennessee, back back to Dixon area. Mm-hmm. You lived yeah. in. You guys we lived did, in Burn the whole lived time. In Burns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so Burns, Tennessee, and you just you grew up here.
1: Yeah, the rest of your life, the rest of my yeah. life. Yeah, um, I grew up my, and um, uh I had a scout master that you know. I I, I told him. I actually told him this for most of my memory. Good memories as a child involved him. Okay. Uh, because my my dad was killed when I was twelve.
0: Right, and that's what we're going to
1: get into. You know. Okay. That whole situation, what, like, what do you know of the, that story and, and how that took place? Uh, he was an insurance man. And so he has been used to carrying, that was back when insurance men would go to people's houses, collect the, collect the uh, the money for the policies. Really? He'd go, he'd go every week and kept, well, policies on like a dime, 15 cents a, a week right. or a month. And so, um, uh, cause wow. that was a lot of money back then. Yeah. But, um, and they, so he'd had a lot of money, you know, for the time. But he had just quit the electric I mean he just quit the uh insurance more for life and casualty. And so uh-huh. he um just he just quit there to go work with my my, my mom work so they could spend mm-hmm. more time together because he was always he was always gone. Mm. So, and so anyway, then um he dropped us off at church one Wednesday night and told us that our grand my grandmother, which lived behind us, or lived well, not behind us, but lived just a few blocks from us, was gonna bring us home. And and last thing he said for you know, Grandma, Mama was her name, we called her. He said, Mama's going to take y'all home. Y'all be good. See you later. And that was the last thing my dad told me. And um, anyway, then they found him. That was Wednesday. They found him Friday in White House, Tennessee. He'd been, he'd been shot.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, White House. That's a haul from here. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's a ways, Yeah, mm-hmm. so and and the story being that he picked up a hitchhiker, possibly that's what and, they think he picked yeah, up a hitchhiker because yeah. Yeah,
1: he was real bad by picking the hitchhikers. Yeah, because he hitchhiked a lot when he was growing up and yeah. stuff. So he thought you returned the favor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, you were how old again? I was 12. 12 years old. So you had a general concept. Obviously, you have a younger brother and yes, some sisters, and three sisters. Yeah. Um, so you had a general. You you actually were kind of coming. I mean, basically, was almost what Ethan's age is now. Um, right. But you had a general idea like, oh, wow, this is, this is huge. Like, how did that, like, as a younger, young man coming into, like, his teenage, his uh pubescent uh period, how oh, did that affect you in, like, your learning and, like, becoming well, an adult?
1: Oh, uh, that was, and I, my dad, by the way, he was born the 4th of July, and hmm. the death certificate said he died September the 11th. Oh, wow. So, we we choked, wow. we got a, we, i I've got a, had a very patriotic dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he but, didn't uh, even know about
0: September 11th. Yeah,
1: he, yeah, <laughs> you know the um. But that as, as far as m- male figures are around, mm-hmm. I reckon as much as anything. Uh, I had a guy named Eddie. I won't call his last name, but he was our scoutmaster, mm-hmm. and he was excellent. I mean, he um. He and a guy named Booty. His, 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 his real passed. name is Booty. His his His, his name was actually um, Buford. Oh, okay, so And they call him Buddy. Everybody yeah. called him Booty. but um, And he passed away about two years ago. Mm. But uh, anyway, um, they were always doing something. His dad and mom had a big big farm mm-hmm. uh, in northern uh, Dixon County, no, find it between here and Charlotte.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, had quite a few acres, and so he was there every the time camping. We'd camp you know, a couple times a week. I mean, a couple times a month, I mean. Mm-hmm. And he uh, was always doing something. So he was really the male... Um, role mall, if you will. I mean, he didn't treat me like a son or anything. Right. He was just, but he was always right. there and if I needed something, if I needed help, or Boy Scouts and stuff. He was, he was always there, and so mm-hmm. he fulfilled that role probably as much or more than probably anybody else did, not knowing. Right. And um, I told him it's been about a year ago, or maybe a little less. I saw him one time, and and he was with a group of friends, and I made that comment to him. I said, I said, "Eddie," I said, "You know, I'd have very few childhood memories." that you are don't play a major part in. That's awesome. And he didn't, he didn't know that. He was just doing his job. But he's a nice guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I mean, you know, you, you, it's funny. I've said this and I talked, I tell James this all the time, like, uh, because, you know, we talk about the differences of like how some people are blood relatives mm-hmm. and then you have that aren't, and sometimes you're a lot closer to those that aren't. And it may be an accident, like something's taking Mm -hmm. place that we're not. And and it's funny how that happens. And it almost feels like that person is part of your family now, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, and that's, that's kind of remarkable to think about, you know? And then, so for instance, you, you basically, you had to grow up real quick. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing things were struggling, kind of struggling
1: at home. I think mother was, um, she was young. I mean, she was 20, see. Well, mother's born is 30, I mean, uh, 51, 31 and so he died in sixty three. So I mean that is, but she was a young mom. She had you know she had a. Um, I said I was the oldest, and Chris, I mean Chris, uh, Dennis, mm-hmm. and uh, then of course Barbara and Melinda. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in that order, but uh, but uh, so yeah, I was the I was the oldest. So yeah, I basically worked my yards and everything else too, and, and the money I got usually was uh, was part of the family. Yeah. To help. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, cause obviously mm-hmm. you had to fill that role. Mother was a utility girl at, used to woman at the, at the local uh, garment factory. The, a what factory? A garment factory. They oh. Made, made shirts and coats. Like the one that uh, Mr. Harris used to work at? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Not yeah. that plant, but one like that. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So obviously, you know, growing up, you know, that's, that probably pays plays a toll. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about that a little, a little bit later. Like, how that affected how you do things now in life mm-hmm. and you look at things. Up. Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward a little bit. Did yeah. you meet your current wife now before you did the army thing or after you did the oh,
1: army Oh, before, thing? matter of fact, um, she was, I was a drummer in school. Oh, I've heard this a few times. Yeah. Let's, and, um, let's talk about, I, drum was, I, I mean, I was, I was decent. My, <laughs> my traps are out there in the in the shed and hadn't been touched in. They're probably, probably rusted, Two brother. decades. Yeah. But, um, um we had a pretty good size band and anyway a pretty nice band. Mm-hmm. And I was also a drummer in a, a stage band at school. I was actually the backup drummer. Uh-huh. But still. The um but anyway we was she was the reason why I brought that up about dream drummer. Uh she was dating a friend of mine that was also a drummer in the in the band, in the mm-hmm. marching band. And so, um and she'd come back there and and see Billy and we'd kinda joke around a little bit sometimes about it and you know. I said, Oh, your you know, your girlfriend's let you out, is she? And then <laughs> Yeah, you know, out of your sight. And so anyway, so you know it just it just Billy's a girl. But anyway, um one night at church, one one Sunday night, uh Robert Junior, which was a was a uh, rhythm guitar player in our band. Yeah. Was what happened to be dating Debbie's sister, Melbourne. Okay. And brought her to church and Robert came over to me and said, We're gonna go out to uh, the Dairy Queen, you get something to drink, you want to go with us? And, of course, she was you know, setting me up with this, you uh, oh. with Debbie. And so we did, and, and we started dating a little bit off and on. And um, <laughs> anyway, so we ended up getting married.
0: How How long did you guys know each other, uh, like, date before you,
1: that? Uh, well, I probably met her in, at school probably probably about 68, 67, 68. Mm-hmm. And we got married in 72. Oh, so you knew each other. So I knew each other world. World. Well, we knew each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She was dating another guy for quite a while and sometimes I'd go over to her house and um and she had a pool table downstairs. and we played pool, but sometimes her other boyfriend would be down there too. So her other boyfriend? She had a boyfriend, yeah.
0: Oh, I can't wait to talk to Debbie yeah, about um, this. Debbie, I know you're watching
1: because you watched this show. Yeah. And uh he just told me the goods. Oh, yeah. this is but so she said he'd come over there. Mr. Harris liked him. Oh yeah. And so he'd come over to the house and then we're gonna turn him yeah. away. So sometimes both
0: we'll, Yeah. Well, Mr. Harris was a nice man. He, yeah, Mr. Harris yeah, yeah. was. Yeah,
1: uh, it's not the same pool table that was still there. Yes. Now they put a piece of car- They put a piece of a plywood over it and use it for a buffet. buffet.
0: <laughs> wow, that
1: pool table's been
0: around
1: for yeah. a while. And Debbie was a Debbie was a pretty good pool shark. She could uh, make some money if she wanted to go. If she wanted yeah. to do it yeah. that way.
0: but you know she's she's a good wholesome girl. She wouldn't do that. She wouldn't take people's money.
1: It depends on what she wanted, <laughs> and if she couldn't afford it. So, so you said seventy-two. Y'all married. Y'all married. Yeah, June the second of seventy-two. So, and then you joined the service when? Uh, May the twenty-second, uh, May 20, Yeah, May twenty-second. Same year of the next year. 72.
0: Oh, next year, seventy-three. Okay. So, what did you? Uh, what did you get into before that? Like, what was like? What was bringing home the bacon, so to speak?
1: Um, well, I worked for, as a draftsman back when you used to have dra- draftsmen's anchors for the highway department. So I was for dot for dot. Okay. And so, um, anyway, so I was working there and, um, of course not, then I, I, I joined up and, uh, so and, uh, let's back up to that whole
0: draftsman thing. Is that just something, uh, for instance, obviously, cause you didn't have a degree going into it. Is it just something like you applied for to draw?
1: I, I actually went to a vocational school. Oh, drafting in school. okay. And, uh, just so happened a lot of people could draft, but, um, I was, my penmanship, everything was mm-hmm. good. And so I was, mm-hmm. I was a, I was a, tra- what they called an inker and a tr- tracer and an inker mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, they have the plans, but the engineers, engineers do not know how to draw a straight line and, and do not know how to use a scale or ruler. Uh, and so you had to take their sketches and then draw it out and make it, make it right. Right. Because if anybody gets chewed out for something being wrong, it's not the engineers where they drew it, it's you way you inked it. Okay, was that was that your first like big time job? Uh, oh no, I, that was my second. I'm sorry. Before then, I was a lineman for the telephone company. A lineman for the telephone mm-hmm. company. So you used to climb lines. And... I used I used to climb I used to climb lines, telephone poles, and put up lines, take them down, and stuff. And that
0: and that was while you all were married, or before you? That was before I got married. Okay, mm-hmm. and then, you know, obviously, you became a uh, yeah. I went.
1: I worked for phone company. I graduated in a, um in '69, 69, summer '69, 69. Uh-huh. and I went to phone company right after that, and then um. And I said, John's going to school at night
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this job came up with the state and they called me up. And so that's what I kind of want to do. Mm-hmm. And So that's what I went.
0: So we're going to jump forward, backward, forward in a sense, because I want to go off the job things mm-hmm. and then obviously end with your current employment okay. now. Um, so you were part of TDOT for mm-hmm. how many
1: total years? Uh, 42 full time and two part.
0: Okay. So. Oh, okay, yeah. so forty four years in 44 a sense. Forty four years, yeah. Forty four years worked with TDA, and you kind of worked your way up through the yeah. ranks there. Yeah,
1: I was a draftsman, went through road designer, then, uh, mm-hmm. and then, uh, then I actually went to location, and where we'd actually go out and walk roads and find locations for the road to be. Right. And so like, um, well, and I draw in like the, um, uh, Robinson Road, um, I forty parkway that a big conglomeration there and thing that was my right. design right uh they one time, one time they asked me to because I was kind of a troubleshooter and i they said I could see things that mm-hmm. other people couldn't see sometimes yeah. about it you know conflicts and traffic right and so um they gave me uh what they called a value engineering report mm-hmm. and gave me a bunch of sk- sketches people come up with and said look at these figure which ones you like mm-hmm. right and I didn't like any of them. <laughs> And so what I did, I started sketching out things myself. Right. And then I went down to the commissioner's office and in the state engineer's office and they had, this, had and their staff. And I said, here's what I think. And he said, what about all this money we spent on the other jobs? And I, I was a little bit of a smart aleck sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I said, well, i think all that money was wasted. You should have gave to me to begin with. And they, cause I knew all of them so I could joke around and they, they right. kinda, and so uh, they said, okay, what's so great about yours that the others can't. And I told them. Uh, what I liked about it and it was more expensive, but it handled the traffic better and the problems cause it had a lot of problems right there. Right. And so, um, they laid it out and done it. And I remember, um, the state engineer said to me, he said, okay, but Dudley, no, uh, Mr. Uh, Ray Terrell. Mm-hmm. And, um, he said, Ray said, um, said, Dudley he said, okay. You convinced us for us, but you know, later on, this is a lot of money. If this messes up, you know who we're going to come towards. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, because at the time it was, you know, it was over $50 million, which was a big deal back then, yeah. even more so than now. But, um, uh, anyway, so it got it. And every time I drive through it now, nobody knows who laid it out, but I said, I know that, I know that curb right there we had a lot of problem with. So, uh, oh
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, 840 round Nashville. Right. Um, we had, there was two of us that done that one guy done the interchanges and I done all the route studies locations. Right. And so we was actually locked up at the airport for about, about almost four months, uh, you know, sketching stuff out and looking at stuff. And, uh, it was kind of fun too, though, cause was we using aerial photography a lot mm-hmm. and quadrangle maps, seven and a half minute quad maps. And if, uh, I need another photograph, I just go around and tell the front office says, Hey, if you pilot's out give me a, give me a shot in this area right here. And they would do it I'd, the next day. I'd have that photograph on my desk, uh, to use, but, uh, lay that out. So, you know, I've done like that. And then towards the end of my career, mm-hmm. I was in charge of, um, uh, the traffic data office, mm-hmm. which meant that I've basically all the, if you see tubes across the road or you see where, uh, cuts been, things have been cut in the road for travel uh, for, um, loops. Mm-hmm. all that stuff went to me and we went there cuz that's where we got our federal money was based on how much um the traffic was across the state guys so, so you had to keep track of so it yeah you had, to, you, know, you had to do it and you had to do it in so many years and you had to make sure the numbers were right mm-hmm. And so um we had 16 field guys that uh went out and put the tubes across the road mm-hmm. so we, so yeah, yeah. I, I'm, i've been I'm over, the, over the job i had in there i, I think i've accomplished something that i i think i've I paid my way through it. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think they—I don't think they wasted any money on me. That—that yeah. makes any sense? No, it does. Uh, I'm not trying to brag. I mean, just
0: yeah. But I mean, would would you say that you possibly have driven on almost every road in the state of Tennessee?
1: Yes, for sure. Every, every State Route in Tennessee, I have been on, and most of the county roads. That's and awesome. what happens? is I drive somewhere, and I'd had used to have a map. I wish I knew where that map was. I had a state a state map yeah, and I would highlight all the roads I've been on. I looked at maps and I said, I ain't been on that road yet. And so I take a detour to go around it just so I've been on it.
0: Just cause you want to see it yeah. and make sure.
1: I mean, you go to public hearings is really good because, uh, you know, they see every especially up in, upper East Tennessee, up in the mountains. They would, um, say, uh, well, he's out, he's now a towner. He's a city boy or something like that. And, uh, and, uh take offense of that. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. A bit, yeah. Really. Yeah. But, uh, what happens is I've been all those things. I said, Oh, I said, you know where that big old red barn is that has a hole in the backside? (laughs) Yeah, you've been there? I said, yeah, you know, about two doors down from there where that other. And so i know the area before I go. And so that's and then it opened up. And so you had to know the area, know the people, but you can't, you can't talk about roads if you haven't been on them. Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. No, and that that makes you personable, right? It allows you to connect to someone. So let's fast forward. uh, 73, you made a decision to kind of, Dedicate yourself to a different type of service. Well, that's,
1: uh, um, um, what was it that? 71. Actually, I was 71. in service before I got married.
0: Oh, so you were in the service before yeah, you got married. I
1: got married yeah. the okay. uh, 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 joke was I went to, I went to state in 70, went to army in 71 I got married in 72. So it was all a downhill. <laughs> and <laughs> I graduated six, everything sort of 69, everything downhill right. every, every step. So
0: that was the, that was that first, uh, longest vacation that you took. Yes. Uh-huh. So in 1971, you signed up, like you volunteered Yeah, I instead volunteered, of yeah. being, because well,
1: Vietnam was going on. Right. And so if you volunteered, I actually went to reserve forces, but if you signed up and joined up, right. You could, uh, pick your duty stations. You could pick your MOS. You could pick a lot mm-hmm. of things a lot better. Just so happened the unit in Dixon was an, a military police unit okay and so i was i was a le- it was 11 i mean it was a 95 bravo then mm-hmm. i think they changed numbers now 31 bravo now 31 bravo yep. okay but uh and i went to uh fort jackson for my you know for the zero weeks and ait i mean for basic that's where i went and went to went to gordon for um uh, that's when mp school is at gordon i don't know where it's at now um oh I, wait it's it uh doll- is it Leonard Wood Leonard Wood, yeah 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 my grandfather been to the, was, he was at McClellan for a while yeah and then it went um but anyway so uh, it went around quite a bit and it's just so funny because when he was graduating from um um started Majors Academy yeah uh, I wore my MP my, yeah my shirt uh, my, my yeah shirt and it had my you know had this cross pistols my name on it and there was time the guy came up to me that he was an MP and he yeah. said, I saw your shirt. so we start talking about some of the stuff yeah. going on. It's kind of nostalgia and how much things have changed.
0: Yeah, uh, but it's still a brotherhood or sisterhood. It just depends, mm, you know, yeah. like, you know, um, it's still like, there's a kinship there. Yeah, it's,
1: well, you know, back then, I'm not sure how it is now, but back then you were actually, uh, it was nine weeks long and you actually learned what now policemen and state troopers do. Right. I mean, it was, you know, you've done um, you, uh, accident investigations, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Murder investigations too, and all the kind of stuff. Because we had some of the guys actually went CID, and some went to different units. When right. they graduated, but um it was you know a lot of people think all MPs do is just drive around, <laughs> go to donut shops, and um just and pull people gates. And, you know, yeah, uh, we didn't. One time, I, matter of fact, I um, one time I got a call. I was the chase car, and I got a call that this sedan was coming, I and mean, it had to be a no Rambler. Back when military used Rambler's on pace. Okay. And, I said, and he called me the car and says he's speeding. Well, I pulled the guy over and there's a colonel driving. Now, when a colonel's driving, you know something's wrong. Like, like <laughs> or there's somebody else in the back? Yeah, somebody else or somebody else. Yeah. And so I put him over and just went to the base commander, which was a one star at that time, was in the back seat. <laughs> and uh, the, our uh, provost marshal, or it was a was a Livingston Colonel Livingston. Right. And back then, I don't know if it's now back then, enlisted did not could. If the officer driving didn't want to, he would not, he could not accept the ticket from the enlisted personnel. You had to get an officer to come up there to offer, present him the ticket. Really? And so, um, and he was giving me a hard way to go. He knew I was nervous as a wreck anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had just made E5 at that time. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, I may be going too much detail. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. But anyway, so. I was sitting there and said, Colonel, I might see your, your driver's license. And back then you had to have a, I don't know if you still do, you had a ticket for the car you drove for your vehicle. You had to have yeah. your military driver's license. I mean, your driver's license, plus your military ticket showing your, you can drive that vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I asked for both of those. And he started to give me just, he was joking with me, but I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyway, the, the general in back said, you know, like, like Jimmy, I forgot his name, said, Jimmy cause I made a comment for him and said, if you want to, sir, I can ask Colonel Livingston to come down and give you present you with the ticket if you don't want to accept it from me. Um and the guy in back said, like, Jimmy, just take the ticket. I'll talk to Livingston tomorrow. We'll take care of this. Just accept the ticket and get the, and let the guy have some breathing room. uh uh-huh. Uh or give the guy a chance, something like that. But anyway, yeah. so he took the ticket and I saluted and backed off. And um and they kidded me for months after that. They said um talking about the brass that I had to give the colonel, the base commander. Was that, that tick- a Campbell? No, it was actually a was Shelby, Mississippi. Oh,
0: Mississippi. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No way. So, you, um, you basically, you joined to be an MP. I joined an MP. And you were going to be a part of this unit here in town, which yes. is it? It's not still a thing here it's, it's in town. It's
1: back an MP now. Yes.
0: Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: it, it, it transferred over a few years later to um, uh, indirect fire. I mean, to mm-hmm. a combat support. Right, and then I went to. That's when I went to Fort Knox and became a 11 Charlie.
0: Okay, so you cha- you switched over from being an MP to uh, a mortarman. Was it mortar? Yeah, back fire. then. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I was on. A, I was a I was a far observer. I okay, went to Ford observer.
0: And and that was to because the way things were, you could change the MOS for the unit you're a part of. Obviously, because you don't get well, the
1: whole unit changed over. Yeah,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, um, but with that, it's. Because, like, for instance, it's a little bit different than an active unit. Like, active yeah. units, if they change it out, it's almost like they flush out all the old yeah. people well, and bring in new. But They
1: had that chance. You could go with the unit, or you could, re, you could uh, um, re-MOS. Okay. And right. I re-MOSed it to a, um, right. Fort Knox. And then later on, when I went to the academy, um, I went to Benin and got my 11 Bush.
0: Okay, and then you, you said you went to the academy, so that was uh, when we spoke with us before, like when you were actually teaching at an, an NCO it was, academy? It
1: was a, it was a military, Tennessee Military Academy. Mm-hmm. Where's that at? It was in Smyrna, at the air base in Smyrna.
0: What are some of the things uh, that you all would teach at that military academy?
1: Uh, we teach uh, direct appointments. Okay. We had OCS class. Okay. We had A-NOT, a- B-NOT, S-NOT, and, S- and PODC. That was a state-run school. That was a state-run school, but we had it full-time that went through it too. Oh, so you? Oh, so
0: active duty would come through there. Just sometimes active duty would too, huh? Okay. If it wasn't,
1: it wasn't a position. If there wasn't a slot open, they got have for their for the ticket punch and like that. somebody okay. that would have a would have some full-time going through too. It wasn't very many, but we sometimes we have a, a full-time guy, going right? Through. So especially in, an OCS, you have sometimes you have people from other states or something, right. through. Absolutely.
0: So what classes did you get to teach? I taught all of them. All of them. Mm-hmm. You got to be a part of all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I. So I got. It, I had a chance, and and James, uh, that this is where I mean we met before we started doing the podcast. But the podcast is kind of a birth thing mm-hmm. from working at the academy. And I, I often tell people all the time, like the cat. As a matter of fact, there was a kid I just talked. Um, our uh, our division, commi- uh sergeant majors driver. He was talking about, hey, I could go do recruiter, or I could be a drill sergeant, or I could work at the academy. I'm like, go be at the academy, like mm-hmm. you. You don't understand how awesome that is and what, Mm. like, I know the way I took it in, um, is like every month I get to meet new kids and get to Mm -hmm. talk about, we kind of, we talk about the same thing, but we get to learn new things together. And I felt as if though, that was, that was probably one of the jobs in the army that Mm I, other than being a first arm, cause I love that, uh, that I really learned a lot, not only Mm -hmm. about myself, but other people. Mm -hmm. Um, What did you get from working at an academy?
1: Well, it was, it was fun in a way because, um, of course, I, it was the teachers rolled it through S S3. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it just there again, way different people approached the subject. I mean, especially, especially PLDC, because we had people coming through from all different backgrounds. We had some coming through mm-hmm. from uh, the combat arms. Right. We had some Airedale um, aviation people. Oh, it's Airedales, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we had some people, we had people that were unit clerks. hmm uh we had we had a couple even come through raise, graves registration. That's that's on what they call it now. What, is, what Graves Registration. What would they do? Uh um they were the ones basically went on the battlefield and actually either buried the Oh like the Mortuary Affairs. Mortuary affairs Okay, oh, okay. we called okay. It grave registration back then. Oh wow. And so um and that. And so um and then I went from there to uh Army Reserve, uh the one twenty fifth ARCOM, mm-hmm. And um and taught there and um and that was good too because you actually go you actually saw more people we still taught the national guard but um uh, we had a lot of um uh, i was lucky enough that maybe because i don't know I, of course i didn't go sf or anything but when uh sf officers were teaching with us because uh, somebody had come from the from uh, the Bragg area mm-hmm. but they always wanted to team up with me because it may be because I was like a sponge because they was always teaching me stuff. Yeah. And I was always, wouldn't, wouldn't turn away from them. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would turn any of it down, but anyway, so, um, I enjoyed that. You go out in the field for you know, 17 days and, mm-hmm. and, um, and I, I like, I liked that, you know, sometimes yeah. it's aggressor, sometimes it's squalid leader, sometimes, uh, you know, and, um, well, I've never been to combat, um, I would be a sponge for people that had been trying to learn as much as I can, right? Because I knew they did and they'd been there, so maybe anything that they said might help me, or if I could push on that information to somebody else, then it might keep them from you coming back as a as uh, as casualty of some sort, right? Well, there was a—I mean, you said even
0: though I didn't go to come back, but if you think about it, you came in at the end of the Vietnam War, really. Because yes, uh, was, you wouldn't have got sent there at the time you came in, pretty much. Oh, you well, had barely I mean, had a couple of years. Well,
1: I, I went, in, you know, in, in, uh, it ended in 75 and I went in in May of 71. Yeah. So there's still stuff going on, but there's winding down. It was,
0: yeah, starting mm-hmm. to wind down. Um, And then really nothing picked up. I mean, you had Grenada, but nothing mm-hmm. really picked up mm-hmm. until um the iraq war in the late 90s but mm-hmm. then you were
1: on the outs because you'd done how yeah. many years well i I'd, I'd done total of 20 25 25 20, 25 years. 6 uh but just so happened I, my name no number did come up because being as we was in a, a school mm-hmm. and also was E H with well over 20 years right me. um my base uh, my place of um deployment was supposed to be at fort benning and I was on the second group to go there. They had you had about seven or eight to go the first time. My right. name was called up, and um, uh, and then my name got called up to go there. And they weren't uh, less than them. Some of the guys who was in my unit that was head the first, they'd been there about a couple of weeks, and they had everything set up for me because my, my name on the. They, they said they knew mm-hmm. my name was on the next list. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a call at work uh, one afternoon from our um, our unit clerk. And said, Dudley, you're one of the luckiest people I know. I said, how's that? He said, your name came up this morning to go to Benin. I said, really? I said, well, when do I get my orders? He said, they've been rescinded. I said, what do you mean they've been rescinded? huh. He said, they've got a, of you know, course, they had telexes back then and stuff more so. and fax machines. Right. And he said, we got your orders coming this morning to report. And he said, right after when I came back in from lunch, I said, I was going to give you the rest of the day and let you enjoy lunch before I gave you a call to, to be at Benning. Right. And, um, and he said, uh, you're lucky. I said, I said, how's that? And he said, I got, a, I got a text. I mean, I got a fax right after that. And said, all orders that have not been implemented hold for further notice. Okay. So in other words, nobody else is going to go. That's when they called the war off.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, yeah.
1: Um, and so they said, you know, if, you, if your names aren't being called, if, I were, if he gave me that call that morning, I would have gone to Benning. For probably at least two months, but BNC so didn't call me that morning. My, num- my orders wasn't in, um was uh, didn't really didn't inst- instigate them, mm-hmm. and so therefore I didn't I didn't go. And you retired not long after that though, didn't you? Um, from from the service. Uh, well, I retired ninety
0: six. Okay, so it would have been okay. A few mm-hmm. yeah, November fifteenth, ninety six. Ninety six. So. Here it is. You 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 started working T dot, and then you also joined the army. And then you got married, and so let's say from the early seventies all the way up through the nineties, you're doing two jobs really. And pretty sense. much yes. Uh-huh. I mean, you probably I I know we've uh-huh. talked, and you did like a lot of those side jobs to yeah. make uh-huh. extra money to do things. But but you're working uh-huh. in T dot, uh-huh. and you're helping design roads and get things right. But then also you're fulfilling your legal legal obligation that you signed yep. up for as a service member. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, was it like one, like you,
0: because you were on the reserve, you guys were doing like the, the weekend a month. Actually, when I was at
1: the academy, we was doing every other weekend. Every other weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got, I had a good points card. Um, but, uh, yeah, we were doing every, cause we, there was, they'd come down with an edict that, uh, you couldn't get promoted unless you go through PLDC. Right. You had to go through, in order to get four to five, you had to get PLDC. Right. Well, uh, we had a lot of people around, even like I said, even from other States. Mm-hmm. that needed that ticket punched yeah and so sort so especially all during the summer and then we had ocs going on too and had some mm-hmm. direct appointment classes uh so every weekend we were mm-hmm. we could we could go for every weekend
0: yeah and so it's like that now too mm-hmm. like uh they've switched it because before you could get promoted and then you go but now it's it, well it's weird because they mm-hmm. how they've done some things uh because of people getting deployed and not being able to go but it's like, hey, is it really fair that they can't yeah. get promoted because they can't? And they're doing, so they've. But however, the majority of it is you have to go to the school before you can get promoted. But yeah. so here you are. You're. I mean, you're. You did twenty five years there. You're mm. still chugging along at T dot. At what point in there, right? At what years did you decide, hey, and you went and did the Nashville School of
1: Preaching to become a preacher? Well, actually, I've done that. I've done that at night. Uh, I actually graduated from there and, um, Hm mm, What year would that have been? It's about, I was actually preaching while I was, um, uh, I mean, I went to preaching school when I was actually in the reserve.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. So.
1: So it was, it was like Monday, it was Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And so I was going because Friday and Saturday and Sunday, I, I wanted I needed to go to, uh, um uh, to wherever mm-hmm. we were. Cause we went all the place. I mean, I mean, a reserve. You went to, uh. I mean, I've been to, uh, I taught at Benin, Mm -hmm. which I love Benin. Um, (laughs) um, I didn't like Knox, but we go to, uh, Fort McClellan. We sometimes, there was a big guard base down at, uh, a Catoosa down at Tunnel Hills, Georgia that the, uh, uh, that the reserves taught a lot. Okay. And, um, so we went down there some and just, uh, um, munition Arsenal Arsenal in uh, East Tennessee
0: a West Tennessee okay I say so when you say katusa I'm already my brain goes straight to Korea because in Korea that's what the, they call the uh Korean soldiers that work hand in hand like you have the rock army mm-hmm. the normal Republic of the Korean Army and then you have the katusas of the rock mm-hmm. Army and they're the Korean augmentation to United States Army mm-hmm. so that's why it's katusa um so when you say that I'm like
1: he well, actually, Katusa it? was an old cavalry brace in World War One. War what they called oh. cavalry, the cavalry uh, troops in World War One. Well,
0: I'm in the calf
1: now, so <laughs> these were the four legged. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Now it's a lot <laughs> different. It's a lot
0: different now. Yeah. Um, so you you had made the decision. So you were doing the T dot thing, doing your reserve thing on the mm-hmm. uh, also, and then you also decided to go to school to
1: learn how. I mean, well, it's not. there's really not learning how, but well, no, I really that. done that to be a, a, a better Bible student right okay and then when i got out and when i graduated so to mm-hmm. speak um i just got a call one time and say hey, we need a preacher would you come out and check out and so that was a just smart- at one of the churches That's at Sylvia.
0: oh oh, the one that you
1: <laughs> I spent you were preaching at when i when, when i got yeah when, yeah when y'all got married yeah uh
0: so if we back this up right there was obviously some uh so like in my life we didn't like church wasn't the thing Mm -hmm. it going or being a part of a congregation and and worship and all this it wasn't a thing in our lives but in your life like was there a point where you you knew was it from the time you were born or just like you remember like this is something we did
1: i um i joke around and said well i wasn't bad i wasn't always a preacher (laughs) yeah um but there again um and i never thought migraines would be a blessing what do you mean by that because I had bad migraines, I've had bad, bad, bad migraines. As a matter of fact, growing up, right. I mean, sometimes mother would take me to, to, to the hospital, and I'd take a shot and they knock me out, for right. a day or so, so I get over my migraine. But um, and Doctor Bell, when I came in or anything else, he knew what it's about. Right. But anyway, but I couldn't, I couldn't smoke pot, <laughs> and the pot back in the '60s, it was was the thing. Right. <laughs> and I couldn't, I, and I couldn't drink. Well, that's because, good. It's a
0: wholesome show. Yeah. It, it, was,
1: it was amazing because I never thought, because I had headaches sometimes for if I, if, uh, seriously, if a fly came walking across the, the door, you, I could hear it. Right. You know, and it just, just bang my head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, uh, but I never thought a, something like that would be a blessing, but it was cause that kept me away from all that. Oh yeah. And as such, um, I was a, usually the designated driver. For friends, for friends, yeah, and yeah. I, and I, if I didn't you know it, and this is back in the '60s again, uh, I knew that if, if I didn't drive them, then they would usually try to drive, or one of them would, mm-hmm. and something would happen. So I, I'd drive them around, That's, you and know. drive them because you know, they'd go to the bar and they'd get drink, and drink, everything yeah. else, and I take them back home, yeah, and um, knowing all well that I had, I, I was not going to be an influence and all that, mm-hmm. and um, and I, and some of the families that I drove for, and you know, they were highly respectable families yeah we're I mean, not going to say any of their names no yeah. no say any names yeah. but, but like one of them's brother was it uh, was a circuit judge wow uh, matter of fact but her, his sister is now a circuit judge well, yeah his, no his aunt was a judge <laughs> uh but, a, but you
0: know so, what he took the right conscious of having a dd yeah i yeah, mean yeah.
1: yeah and um but um um it was it was odd but um anyway but but then one thing good about designated drivers you go in some place you can say, I'm the designated driver. It, all your meals are free. And so I got a lot of free meals because I was just sitting there driving around to somebody who's getting drunk at the bar. Right. But anyway, that's... So, okay. so, um,
0: so really, really, what we're diving into is spiritual fitness, okay. in a sense, and religion. However, what, at what point in your life was that? Like, was that something in the household when you were a kid, or did that something that grew over
1: time? Uh, our family was always, and I use the word religious in a very loose term. I mean, we went to church almost every Sunday and right. my grandmother was very much so. She had a very, very, um, she played a very pivotal part in my life. Right. Grandmother mother did. But, um, That was Mama, Mama right? Mama, yeah, okay. my mother's mother. Right. But, um, uh, and I was, when I was young, I was a you know, Bible teacher. I mean, I sometimes, you know, i 14, 15 years old, I you know, I teach mm-hmm. it. If the other teachers didn't show up, if class didn't show up, I usually was in there. But just kind of just a passing fad, nothing I really took serious as far as that goes. It was more passive than it was active. Yeah, so it wasn't something I actually pursued. Right. And then when I got that uh, offer to come teach that time, did some try for that preacher. That's mm-hmm. yes. a matter of fact, my last two preaching, or two of those preaching jobs I got because of Debbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time, because Debbie was in Kroger's and found out that uh, I just grew in talking to one of the girls that was her elder's wife and um and said we're looking for a preacher and davy said uh well definitely just graduated from preaching school or from you know yeah. from, uh, biblical studies right and so i said well i got a call this might say how would you get your call to preach well daryl called me on the telephone and asked me to come down <laughs> on sunday and so, <laughs> so uh that was my calling so you
0: literally got a phone so, call yeah. got a phone call yeah. yeah
1: but but i guess in
0: you know because everyone um, and that's the thing it's like one of those things where it, it touches you or it reaches you to a certain point, mm-hmm. and then you start like your faith goes to a different level right
1: yeah uh, uh, and it's kind of people put preachers on a pedestal, so you got to, shouldn't be right? and it shouldn't be no yeah. and you, so you've got to live a certain way, whether you want to or not i, I that don't sound right you' got to live a certain way because you never know when somebody's going to see you doing something that they might, it might cause a similar block to them.
0: Right. So almost like the fact that you felt that way, it helped you gear your life a certain yeah, way. Yeah. It makes, okay. it,
1: it keeps me in the time where I don't do certain things. If you don't you, that mm-hmm. makes, It makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, like one day was in, was on a job site up in Cookville and order, as you know, I ordered my tea, uh, with <laughs> unsweet with no ice. Right. Well, I was in Cookville one day at a restaurant. Uh, with, with consultants and stuff, and some of them had actually ordered drinks, right? But they're consultants; they can do what they want to, anyway. And I had this tea, and it looked almost like a dark lager, you know. And uh, it just what happened? A guy came and he said, "Hey Dudley, how you doing?" He paid me. And looked around. It was a preacher friend I knew. He and his wife was up there visiting, and so uh, I said, "Fine." I said, way, well, this is tea." He said, "I know," <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> but you, you, you never know when somebody's going to be around or where that influence may. Yeah. Be bad or good so you got to be but that yeah.
0: translates though too that it translates also in your faith like because there is someone in in, in faith oh, yeah, all right, yeah. there's someone the around Lord's always watching right and so it it's almost like you know what it's like to have the physical presence mm-hmm. of that but also that spiritual presence right. that's the, the same, same thing mm-hmm. so you can equate it right you um, have to. and that, that's helped you probably what, stay the course over mm-hmm. the years too wouldn't you
1: say yeah i mean you're one of the few people um is that Seasoned my hair down, so to speak. What little bit I have. <laughs> because, yeah, we,
0: Actually, we should have had you bring the wig on. <laughs> he has this wig. Yeah. He has this wig, and it's it's hilarious. It's a, it's a joke wig. I mean, it is it. It's hilarious. Um, I do not
1: wear a wig. Maybe he does. The, we don't the, know. The Lord has blessed me with a lot of forehead.
0: <laughs> a lot of forehead. Matter of fact, right before we got started, mm-hmm. his wife was trying to put blush on his head. Yeah, because
1: uh, <laughs> I made a joke about the glare being too high. Yeah, yeah.
0: but. But you, go ahead. You were, you were talking about, like, one of the other pieces of let, let your hair down type thing. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, like, you, know, you and I, we can talk in acronyms all day long. Yes. Because the military, you, we can have a whole right. conversation, and right. somebody else don't know what we're talking about. It's totally left out. Yeah. So, and you, of course, we kind of joke around sometimes, right. but like that. And, and, um, and we play jokes on Debbie sometimes. Right. But she's very... Yeah, some of, some of the jokes are
0: funny. Some of the jokes are funny
1: though. But uh but you know, you, you can't do that very often mm-hmm. because somebody might take you as being serious. Mm-hmm. You take it you know it's a joke or you get around
0: Right. Well, we're we're getting kind of closer to more than an hour, and but oh, I really wanted no, it's fine. We I wanted to kind of gear towards the faith, you know, because obviously it's a, it is about spiritual fitness, and I have friend, I have tons of friends. Um, you know, uh, Justin Klein was on the show once already. Um, Matt Thomas has been on the show before, and they're very they're mm-hmm. they're faithful men. Um, who who do you know? They 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 may not go to a congregation like ours, however. Um, you if you not get to yet. know them, you understand mm-hmm. them. Um, but it's like. They're both fit guys, and, but they're, at the same time, they're also, they work hard at what they do. But there's also that inside thing. Mm-hmm. We all know we need it. It's, it's that spiritual fitness. Yeah. Like you can be physically fit and be a train wreck in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's other things that can help, such as like, so faith and, mm-hmm. and understanding that. Um, what, what would you say to somebody who is in that train wreck in life? That, like, hey,
1: what can well, you do to? Regardless of how good you are and, mm-hmm. and, and how physically fit you are and everything else, eventually that body is going to break down. It is. Uh, um, like I'm almost seventy two. I think I mean, I'm fairly fit. A lot of people in their seventies are definitely not worse shape than I am. Yeah, I mean, you just but, had a surgery like mine. I just had it. Yeah, my shoulder. It,
0: they're very similar surgeries, <laughs> and you're in. You were in. You were in your seventies when you had it, didn't you? I
1: was. Uh, I was sixty eight. I think. Yeah. Okay. Time. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the thing is, yeah. But people too too much faith in the physical and and when it goes wrong they have mm-hmm. nothing else to fall back on right if they keep their faith uh in line if you will um and focus on that as well mm-hmm. at least when your body starts going down you know your 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 faith is still strong and you just mm-hmm. the emphasis you put on your physical body keeping it in shape and all you can kind of refocus some of that on your faith and helping others and doing things and being there for others mm-hmm. um i know this is uh, and you'd be surprised what you have in life that may translate over to being able to help others outside of the physical one, mm-hmm. just real quick. Uh, my dad was killed in, I was 12. Now if somebody else has a serious, uh, like somebody committed suicide or they lose their dad or parents at a real young age. Mm-hmm. I can talk to them because I've been there. You relate. I relate to mm-hmm. them. I know what they're going through. Yep. Um, and, but, and somebody has, and they go up there and say, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Well, you don't know what we've been through, so mm-hmm. you can't relate. And so, and so let that physical, um, decline, if you will, mm-hmm. use that, nothing else to build up your, your, mm-hmm. your spiritual and mm-hmm. let that, and use that to help people out. Right. You're, you're more stronger, uh, spiritually than you are physically, if you focus.
0: Oh, absolutely. You can get like there's so much more that can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, have there have there been times though when you you really had to rely upon that because your, your spiritual fitness yeah. because you were
1: like, I just don't know. Yeah. Um Debbie's gonna kill me for this, one, but that's okay. Um, there was a while back when as a matter of fact it's August of 16. Mm hmm. Um uh, Davey went in for some tests. She wasn't feeling good, right? She was right. just feeling weak and everything, right? And actually, well, actually, she went to just went to the doctor and they got right. some tests, and so they sent her to another doctor to see, right? And um, uh, Dr. Joseph came in and um, and said she had cancer, okay? I remember this, yeah, yeah, and um, and uh, it it was kind of precancerous i mean it was, yeah, it, was yeah. it was something that was she she was going to have it just a matter of how bad it was going to get or how soon it was right. going to be bad and at that time i just totally lost I me mean, cuz my life as you know right. is really centered around my family the debbie and my family
0: this right here it just sits right here it says yeah. you can't see it but it says family and and everything in this house speaks family
1: yeah. you know um like you all coming down this weekend just you know it was a long drive Yes, it's a long drive everything <laughs> yeah. else but uh uh you know, our, our family is complete. I mean, yeah. I, you know, Kim and Kristen, right. you of course live here in town. We see them. Right. from Occasionally, but you, know, we, we saw y'all what back in June. Right. Which was when you uh, came, when to came to visit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you graduated. Right. And before and we we saw y'all Christmas before, of course, but we see just, you know, a couple of weeks or maybe a week and a half mm-hmm. in a whole year. Right. And we miss seeing y'all and we miss seeing the grandkids right. going up. So my life really is really around Debbie and the family yeah. and church my church family so so you went th- th- so that's a testament
0: right like for instance you you were dealing with some internal struggles yeah. that you you probably had to feel like you had to get out what did you i mean what did, what did you do?
1: what was your reaction um, to that well i one thing I, I did I remember I I'd done a sermon on this a couple weeks ago, uh why me you know. I mean, why me? And talking about right. me and Debbie. Uh, and then I thought, well, you know, why are we different than anybody else? I asked and that. So, all.
0: The, I, I asked that yeah. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. and I'm just like, why? What makes me so different?
1: So yeah. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because, you know, they said it only happened to, other, uh, to the other guy. Yeah. Well, to the people out there, I'm the other guy. So why, is it, why, does, why can't it happen to me? Right, exactly. And, but we need to do that both ways. Instead of saying, why me when things go wrong, we really need to say, some ask well, why I me mean when things go good like why was i blessed the way i am yeah and so um, yeah. but anyways but uh, when debbie when you got and right now as you know and debbie will probably watch this and find out too i um you know, everyday's a blessing yeah i get with her right. um we we as you know and uh, as you can t- contest uh you know we have a good life we have a good married life we pick yeah. on each other we love each other we love yeah. each other's company yeah. um we play jokes on each other uh she's an easier target than I am. Usually. How many years? how
0: many years has it been
1: now? Uh uh <laughs> too oh. many. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, uh, been forty two. Fifty two. Fifty two. Well, we got married in, in seventy two. Seventy two, yeah. So that's fifty two years.
0: Okay. Okay, yeah. I forgot. So, yeah, a long, long mm-hmm. time. And she grew up in in a house of faith. So in her Yeah, she did, uh-huh. like sometimes I often wonder like like I, how they make it through with guys like us? I
1: just don't know. I, I've wanted that myself too because um, um, it seemed like every time I left, um, something would break down. That's I mean, absolutely. I remember one time I was at Benning. I think it was at Benning, and she called me up and said, "Dudley, the water here's broke,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we had three kids, right? And um, and they were young, <laughs> um, and so here I was, here I was, miles away. And you can't, and anything. I can't leave. <laughs> no. Nope. And I said, uh, I said, Debbie, I can't do anything. You know, I'm on, I'm, you know, I'm out in the, I'm out in the field. I, I
0: was, I, <laughs> like even if you wanted to drive away, you couldn't drive because you were in the middle of the yeah. woods.
1: Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, we, we, I went in to get some stuff and take a shower and I got a message call my home. Oh yeah. You guys four cell phones. Oh, know? absolutely. And so, uh, and, she, and, um, and I was calling her and, and before I left, she called back. They, the head shed called and said, your wife's on the phone. And I said, okay, and I went back up there and she said, Daddy, don't worry about it. So, what's the matter? She said, I called the gas department and uh, they understood the situation. We got tomorrow morning to put in this new water heater. Yeah. And so she's been very,
0: sometimes very resourceful. Yeah, absolutely. So, and obviously you've gone through struggles, whether it be the long trip, uh, the Disney problem mm. or, um, and I've heard about like different, like the meta, like you had the medical issue, you know, uh, you know, and it's, and it's a scare, mm. um, or whether it be the water he broken, uh, you, you find that your faith is what helps strengthen you mm-hmm. to get through to the other side, because, yep. you know, you may not know where the end of the tunnel is, but you kind of see the light down there. Yeah. It may take a while to get there, but would you, um. If, let's just say this, right, and there's people out there who they may be struggling asking questions of why this, why that. I mean, would you give them a general cardinal direction to help them with their faith in life?
1: Oh, that takes a lot of soul searching themselves, because one thing you got to do is you got to realize, you got to ask yourself, really, what am I doing? Where am I heading? Where am I heading? Where am I heading? Yeah. Uh, if If I keep going on this path, where will it end? And sometimes it ends in that train wreck he was talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, and I found in the people that I, in my life, because I've had other times too we're not discussing here, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, and people that was, I've I've counseled or been with, sometimes military people, sometimes just church people, sometimes just right. guys I know. Right. And there's been times people would just see me on the street and start talking. I don't even know who they are, and Adam from Adam and we just right. start talking about it. Um. But you know, you you got to um. You got to know where you, where are you, where, where do you want to be? Right. And most people, I remember seeing a sign one time. So if you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up somewhere else. Yeah. And so you got to figure out where do you want to do? I don't like my life. Well, what's in your life you don't like? Yeah. Um. And so. um. All these problems are happening. Well. Yeah, well, why are they happening? Yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't afford my, I can't afford pay my electric bill. Well, why? Well, I'm going to bar three nights a week. Uh, no, no. Or uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a plan. I think the worst thing anything is a lottery <laughs> about, uh, you know, I'm wasting money on his and doing this or right here. Right, well. right. Sometimes you got to sit back and focus what really, yeah. and what's really important to me and what do I want? Right, right, right. And most people have no idea what the path. They just they live path. They just live their life just wherever the wind moves them. And that's not a way to travel. No goal. No goal whatsoever.
0: Yeah. But in, in this sense though, we're talking about an internal goal. So right. yeah, right, and generally. we want it like where do i want eternity because of my soul yeah mm-hmm. needs you know it's going to rest somewhere mm-hmm. and it, do i want it in a bad place or in a good place yeah. you know and in a sense the way that transcends through life it go it goes to the good place if i'm doing mm-hmm. what's required of mm-hmm. me type thing but the faith is like well, that's one mm-hmm. of the things that we have to be able to have to be able to understand mm-hmm. hey this is where i can lead
1: yeah uh, like L.A., I read an article the day in L.A. or saw it on television the other day where they interviewed a guy on the street mm-hmm. that lived on the street, and he said, uh, he said, why would I want to leave the street? He said, the city is paying me $650 a month to live here on the street, to be homeless, yeah. and give me $200 a month in food stamps. Mm. Well, see, what happens, that's just, you're making the situation worse. So that guy never is going to get out of the situation because you've made it comfortable for him. Right, right. And sometimes the Lord makes life uncomfortable to make a sit back and figure out. Right. Um, just... What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. That's,
0: it's funny. You said that sometimes we are made uncomfortable. You gotta learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, which is an episode that I did with John Bonilla, uh, one Oh two. And that's what we spoke about. It's like you tend to like those uncomfortable moments of being in the field, Mm -hmm. miles away, miles away. And your wife's here with three young children. Uh, Wow. Yeah. I guess there would be three young children. And, She's got a water heater that's broken, and we can't wash clothes, and we can't take baths, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's like, how how do I become comfortable with that? And it and it can be tough, right? But you got to have you, get, you just get to have faith, right? Right, and you pray, yeah. about, and it. You pray about it, pray about everything yep. else, and Absolutely.
1: and things will, um, things will things will work out for good. And, you know, the Bible says uh, all things work together for good to him that love the Lord. Right, it may not come out like you want to, right? But sometimes those those uncomfortable times may make you stronger. And made you change direction to do what is right. That uh, Makes sense
0: to me. I mean, I, I guess there's a reason why I trans—I kind of transitioned from what I used to believe to what I believe now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but you know, hey Dudley, I think I'm really appreciative of this. I, and I didn't—I didn't think this would be a, a sermon, so to speak, mm-hmm. because I felt like it's like let's open the door first, mm-hmm. right? It's like it's one of those things, yeah. like you don't. You don't bring somebody straight into a congregation, a church house, and then mm-hmm. it's like, all oh, right, you're baptized now.
1: No, they've got mm-hmm. to learn. They've they got, got to learn. open
0: a door. They've got to find their way, their goal in yeah. life, and understand it It's,
1: it's their desire, and they're, they're, they're trapped right. there. On. All you can yeah. do is help. You can just help them on their journey. You can't yeah. make it for them.
0: Yeah, it's that whole uh, lead a horse to water, but you can't make yeah. them drink. Yeah, uh, but I really do appreciate this. I thought this is like we've taught, we talked about so much with leadership and like that, uh, with instinctive influences with Ed and I, and I, this is more like, and believe me, I know Ed, uh, or James, cause he likes to be referred to as James now. I, I don't know why he changed on it. I me. Mean, it's crazy. Um, so we talk about this on our own, like our faith and stuff like that, but we hadn't had an episode dealing with that. And I think it's like, well, everybody has their own thing that makes them mm. tick. And I think that this is one of the things that has to be spoken about, um that hey listen faith is an important thing to me it's an important thing to you um and it's helped us lead in mm-hmm. a certain way you know yeah. like my moral code now is a lot different than when i was at sergeant e5 sitting in your uh, in there dating your daughter
1: uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say one <laughs> on here i remember whenever you asked for Dave michelle's hand yeah yeah uh, he was <laughs> worth he invited us to a cracker barrel to, for a conversation for yeah, me yeah. and he said later he said the reason why he um went to the cracker barrel because that was a public place and, you know, I wouldn't shoot him there. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Get you, get you a definitely different person. There's some saying that, though, that the, the
0: faith has helped transform like mm-hmm. more. Uh, my integrity, I think is a lot stronger. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like, and I, and I'm not sure if that happened to you through the years too, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you become, feel like you need to be more outstanding and, you know, but you also come from a different generation mm-hmm. where, it was totally kind of different. So, um, but with that, thank you very much for being part of the show. Uh, I think people will get something from this, and I'm hoping if they do, they do turn to the Lord or they they do crack and, open the Bible and start
1: reading some things. Well, the biggest thing, I, my my best recommendation would be is about three, two or three things. One is to if you don't like where you're going right now, don't like your life, fight, check where you are, mm. and this and then see what the path you're on and make corrections for for it's everlasting too late. Right. And because who knows, you may be the influence of somebody else because they may be using you as a role model. Right. you never know what kind of influence you mm-hmm. might get down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say if you're an alcoholic, if you sober up and say, no, I'm going to drink more, how many other people can you influence it the same way mm. or talk into it? Yeah. So we all we are all leaders one way or the other.
0: Right, right, right. Influencing—it's—it's mm-hmm. it's a
1: thing. You can yeah. be a sergeant, or you can be—you can be an officer. You can either lead good or bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Absolutely,
0: you're <laughs> right. Uh, so, hey, with that, hey, thank you so very much. Um, as always, I'm gonna hit my little button here. Um, but we always ask you all to check us out on YouTube, check us out on Facebook. One on one, instinctive influence. One on one influence is the the, what you look up. Uh, but with that. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not James, but I am Brian, uh, and I thank you so much for listening and watching. Make sure you check us out on all the platforms. Have a great day.